You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. All right, defense. You were disappointed. I was also disappointed. I felt a little bit better today about the defense the more I thought about it. They did have some really great drives where they had some three and outs. They had only one sack, but pressure felt better in my rewatch than it did when I was watching it live. They just didn't have a game plan for Justin Jefferson, and that's the frustrating thing is because you know that's the guy you need to stop, right? There's they The Vikings have a plethora of weapons, um, sure, new offensive coordinator, new head coach, right? You didn't know what Kevin O'Connell was going to bring out. And honestly, props to him because he game planned Justin Jefferson perfectly. But you have to be better. It reminded me of the Dalvin Cook four touchdown game where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you just have to stop Dalvin Cook. And that's the only thing you need to do. And yet they couldn't do it. And it was just that, but with a wide receiver. Yeah. And I mean, the the interesting thing too is, you know, the Packers actually had better third down efficiency, like from a percentage. And maybe you could argue because the Vikings didn't need third down as as frequently. But like it was a it was a relatively clean game. I mean, neither team got a first down from a penalty. I thought, like you said, the defense was getting really good pressure. The Packers had a better day, you know, yardage wise um, or yards per play, I should say, on the ground. Like I liked the way that the defensive front looked. I was really excited. We saw Wyatt in there a little bit. Jaron Reed was getting in there. TJ Slayton had a really nice stop. So I think like the D line is great. Preston Smith and Rashawn both had their opportunities. Rashawn, obviously the only sack for the team. Kingsley Inigbare was out there quite a bit. It was kind of fun to see 55 in green and gold again running around when Z was in purple on the other sideline. But yeah, I think just the disappointing part was we had these these lofty expectations for the secondary. And it's not to say that they won't go be amazing. It's just we knew all week, like, this is a tough trio of Jefferson, Thielen, and Osborne. But you have arguably one of the best CB uh, trios in the NFL yourself. So you should be able to match this up better than you did. Yeah. I mean, they did hold every other offensive weapon to barely any yards, right? It was just they got beat really bad by Justin Jefferson. And there were a few moments that I was just confused by the choice, right? Like Quay Walker was on Justin Jefferson on a third down on the first drive. Like nobody was shadowing him on the fourth and one in the red zone on their, on that first touchdown. That was way too easy for him to get in. Um, It was just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think at one point Preston Smith was also on him. Yes, it just it, it, yeah. it, it felt flat. I'm like, that's not. Yeah, it, it, just, it just felt all kinds of off at times. And and I know it's really easy to say, we'll just have Jair Alexander shadow him. And sure, they also have two other cornerbacks, right? That should 
theoretically, and if you would ask me going into this game, I would say, yeah, Rasul and Stokes can very much cover Justin Jefferson, right? We have three cornerbacks that I feel very confident about. So I don't, I didn't mind the zone. Um, and I understand, you know, the, the Matt LaFleur and the rest of the coaching staff have come out and said, like, it's not, it's just not that easy. You can't just like play man right. the entire game. Right. And I get that, but it's just, there were moments on key downs on third down on fourth down that you're having your inside linebacker and your outside linebacker on their best weapon. Like those are things that I just feel like cannot happen. And again, I think that's coaching. I, I don't know if that's the player's choice and, and even like, you can't even really blame execution. That, that was one of my, like the things that I think maybe I'm, I'm questioning the most about all of this. And we saw Matt LaFleur and we saw, you know, the coaching staff come out and say like, you have to alter your entire game plan when you're a zone defense and you're thinking about making shifts in game to man. It's not that easy. And I completely understand that. But I think my biggest question is you have three man corners, like they're all like they excel at playing man. So why is your base defense to be a zone defense? Like if you're, you know what I mean? Like, and I know it's, it's not easy to just change your entire defensive scheme, but you have three corners who excel in press man and you're playing zone schemes. Like you said, that have an inside linebacker in the flat relying on covering Justin Jefferson. Like why? (laughs) And that's, that's, I think the biggest takeaway from me is like, you know, when Jair had the the one play where he guarded Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson drew the OPI. Like it just the yeah. matchups didn't make sense. And and credit to Kevin O'Connell for exploiting every soft spot in the yeah. Packers secondary. Yeah. Again, like this, the other team gets paid too. You know, like there there is that piece of it. There was another moment, it was on the Rashawn Gary sack that Jair was actually on Justin Jefferson also. And I was like, hey, look at that. He was covered. And <laughs> Kirk couldn't get the the ball out. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think I feel more confident the defense is going to be able to put it together um, in another game. I, I, that's why I was less concerned um, simply because like, I just trust them. I trust the talent that they have. I trust that they're going to look at each other after this game and be like, yeah, we're never letting that happen again. Um, And I do trust Joe Barry that he'll make Mm -hmm. the appropriate adjustments because we've seen him historically do that. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, he's got the pieces. It sounds like there's optimism around the Quay Walker injury. It doesn't, it seems like he might be able to go as early as Sunday. The Chris Barnes injury looked really bad. Anytime you see an air cast in a cart, you know, you hold your breath a little bit, but that seems like maybe they dodged a bullet there as well. So hopefully that's, that's a good sign moving forward. You know, we talked about inside linebacker being one of the the secret strengths of this defense as far as depth is concerned. And then to see two of their, their guys go out in the game is always a concern, but it seems like, you know, on the injury front, at least things are, things are okay. So I guess at this point, do you have, is there like a player that you're concerned about or is there an area of the defense that you're just like, Ooh, I'm, I have questions. No, no. I mean, it was a kind of uncharacteristically poor, decision-making game from Adrian Amos. So I didn't love that because he's usually really reliable, even in bad games. But again, I just feel confident that they're going to be able to bounce back from this on the defense. I, I don't, I, I, I do think that the injuries concern me a little bit. I know we said like neither of them are, are too serious, but it did make me realize, you know, 
your your top guys go down and all of a sudden like you are going to have Ray Wilborn out there with Devontae Campbell and then it starts to get concerning but it does sound like Quay is going to potentially play week two and he had a great game again if you want to talk about like bright spots on the other side he I think led the team in tackles you really saw him flash and it was his very first game right in the NFL and, and he looked ready to go um so we love that if you're if you're looking for some positives yeah, I mean, Devondre Campbell is still Devondre Campbell, 11, 11 tackles. Uh, I think he had a tackle for loss. Um, I, I agree with you, though. I think, like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, yes, the defense has – they'll get it together, and they've got no disrespect to the Bears. They've got a good opportunity to do that next week at Lambeau Field under the lights with this receiving core that the Bears will be trotting out. You know, I, I think it's a good – kind of rejuvenation process for the secondary specifically, because I think that's maybe, you know, where you could argue that the biggest struggles were on defense. But I also think, like I was saying, you know, not to look too far ahead, but these are the things you need to get answered right away before you have teams like the Bucks that have, you know, like Julio Jones is a new wrinkle and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And, you know, there, there's weapons everywhere and you yeah. need to be able to trust the cohesion of your secondary and the communication, because I, I think the communication was like weirdly lacking. Like you said, it was just one of those games where everybody looked kind of confused and we're not used to seeing that from this defense. Definitely not. Especially because there hasn't been any changes with the communication, right? The same guy's mm-hmm. still wearing the dot. And I mean, I don't think they changed the scheme all that much. So I don't know, I guess credit to the Vikings really, mm-hmm. which sucks to say, but with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anything else on your end from the defense? Uh, Maybe not directed like specifically towards the defense, but I just, I was nervous about the Kevin O'Connell signing for the Vikings because I thought that he was such a great offensive coordinator with the Rams and he kind of felt like one of the missing pieces for this Vikings offense. And that's not to say that, you know, I think the Packers still win the NFC North. I think the Vikings, you know, maybe are, a wild card team and you know everybody's going to cut this up on youtube and you know splice it and put it in things if that doesn't end up being the case but i think kevin o'connell was a really good hire for them because we were so used to the defensive minded mike zimmer that now you have an offensive minded head coach that has learned how to unlock some of his best weapons and i think joe barry now is just tasked with finding a counter for that but by that same token Matt LaFleur had said before the game Sunday that it's almost like they had too much time to prepare because week one is a crapshoot and there's so many different schemes and so many different coordinators and so many different position coaches that everything just kind of falls on its head. You know, I still think the Rams are going to be in contention. You know, the Bengals obviously lost and they're still a playoff team. So, you know, week ones are really weird. And that's not to say that the Packers shouldn't have won. They do need to start hot. The lackluster kind of week one performances aren't it's not okay. You know, we shouldn't be excusing that, but I think that there was definitely, I'm, I'm not ready to, to say this guy is falling just yet. Oh, a hundred percent. The last phase of the game that we have to talk about are our arguably spend- the best. <laughs> they didn't really make any blunders. So um, that's great. We love that. 
of all the things that I was concerned about, that was probably pretty high up and they looked totally fine. Pat O'Donnell. Great. Um, you know, we only saw Mason Crosby once, but <laughs> great. And yeah, so keep that up special teams. Very proud of you guys. And the, I will say the one thing that I was kind of surprised by is that Amari Rodgers didn't get a single offensive snap. Like I know he was back returning punts and kickoffs, but I, I was kind of surprised that he didn't get like, you know, Christian Watson on the, the end round was great. That was a lot of fun, but it's the stuff that we saw Amari doing in the preseason, I was kind of surprised they didn't give him like a single look on offense. I was also surprised about that because they only went in with two running backs. So yeah. I assumed that they were going to use Amari in more of like a running back role and they did not. I, uh, if I was a reporter, I would ask Matt LaFleur about that, but I'm not. <laughs> but we do not have credentials yet. So we until we get those. Yeah. <laughs>